Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Joel Fletcher. I'm the student pastor here in Mandarin. Uh, as our kids exit, I just want to say it's a privilege that Mark asked me to preach this week as he and his family are on vacation. Um, as you saw in the videos and, and uh, the VBS videos and all that, we've had an incredible couple of weeks. Uh, at camp, man, oh my goodness, so much life change, so many um, relationships grown, so many students took the next step you know, in their faith with Jesus. So we, it's really been a, an incredible camp week. And then right as we rolled off of the buses on Sunday, you know, we immediately went into serving for VBS and the VBS was incredible. And I think Ryan said 10 to 12 uh, kids made a decision to follow Jesus. So it really has been a wild couple of weeks. I, I did want to ask if you helped serve in uh, VBS or summer camp, would you stand up for us so we can, if, if you were one of those people that serve. Awesome. So I just, I just want to thank you guys for investing in our students and our kids and uh, helping them, leading them into a growing relationship with Jesus the past couple weeks. So um, one of the things I love about Mandarin is just our heart and focus on kids and students. And uh, it just really got me thinking about, you know, the family aspect of, of God, you know, how he sees us as his family, as his sons and daughters. So I'm just going to jump right in. If you got your Bible, you can turn to 2 Corinthians 6, or if you have your Bible app, you can flip there. If not, you can follow along with us on the screen. And again, it's 2 Corinthians 6, 18, and uh, what I'm reading from is the New Living Translation. It says this, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I love the imagery that God is painting here of family, with him as the father and us as his sons and daughters. And what I see in Scripture um, is that the, the foundation of our relationship with God is similar to any relationship in life, and that's trust. And when we talk about God our Father, you know, and us as his sons and daughters, we often talk about our need to trust in God, you know, through any circumstance. When you're going through something, man, you just got to trust in God. You got to hold tight on the God. Or, you know, when, when you're looking for that next thing uh, in life that God's going to bring you, you know, just trust in God. He'll bring it to you. And that's good. Like, we need to talk about our trust in God. We, we, we can't ever stop talking about trusting in God. Um, but the question I want to ask you this morning is a different question. And I want to ask you this. Can your heavenly father trust you? Can your heavenly father trust you? Growing up, every day of summer, me and me and my brother and my friends, we all had this uh, pretty similar routine we did every day, and it was a thing called wiffle ball. Anybody ever play wiffle ball? You know, it's like baseball, but you got the plastic ball with the holes in it. And uh, so we had, like, the biggest yard on the street because we lived on a corner, and uh, so everybody would kind of come play wiffle ball at our yard, and we'd all gather around, you know, put out some bases with shoes and stuff, and we'd play wiffle ball for hours on end. And the only reason why we would stop playing wiffle ball was because about 2 o'clock every day, something came along called the ice cream truck. And what happened to ice cream trucks? You know, they used to be everywhere. So we'd hear, like, the, you know, the music playing down the street, and we just drop our gloves, drop our bats, you know, drop the wiffle ball, and we would just jet because we were never prepared because we're kids, right, probably about 10 years old. We were never prepared. We never had our money. So everybody would just 
instantly stop in the middle of the play. They would all run to each other's houses. We'd go grab money and run back to the ice cream truck. So I, uh, I go inside my house, run up the stairs, go see my dad. Hey, dad, ice cream truck's coming. I need you to fork up uh, a dollar because I really want a screwball. Anybody remember a screwball? It's like the, the cone-shaped ice cream. It's pink. You know, it's got the gumball at the bottom. I think we, do we have a picture. I think we have a picture of a screwball. You guys remember that? Man, I want one right now. I don't, I need to find one around here. But so I was like, dad, I, I got to get a screwball and ice cream trucks coming. So come on, hurry up. You know, I need a dollar. Uh, but that's what I did every day. But this day was different because I went up to dad and I, and I thought to myself, you know what? If I tell my dad they're two dollars, then I can get two screwballs. You know, so I'm thinking, I'm like, hey, dad, uh, yeah, they increased the prices, something, you know, recession, bad economy, something like that. Um, so the screwball is now two dollars, you know, cough it up. <laughs> Give me the two dollars. And, and he kind of pauses. He looks at me, you know, you know, that look that you get from your dad He's like, uh, you know, but he says, OK, here's two dollars. Go get your screwball. So I'm walking down the stairs and he goes, hey, Joel, wait. You know what? I want some ice cream today. I'm going to come with you. And I'm like, no, 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 dad. Hey, hey, don't, you don't have to come. It's okay. I'll get it for you. Just, just, you know, give me a, give me some money and I'll go get it for you. Don't worry about it. He goes, no, I'm coming. (laughs) And I'm like, oh goodness, this is going to be terrible. So we walk down there and uh, there's already a line formed and I'm trying to skip ahead, you know, so he doesn't see how much it is. And and he said, Joel, stand by me. Come here. So you know how this story ends. We get up there and I am busted a dollar and I just drop my head and he looks he looks me right in the eyes you know and see my dad knew all along it was a dollar he knew I was trying to get a couple extra bucks out of him but my dad was testing me you know he he wanted to see if he could test me with with that little thing you know just a couple of bucks and see if I could be honest you know to see if he could trust me more that's what parents do uh, and then he took the screwball from me and ate it right in front of my face as I bawled my eyes out. Just kidding. He didn't do that. That's really cruel. He would, he would never do that. But I didn't get the ice cream for, for a week. I had to wait a week. That was my punishment. All my friends, every single day, you know, they were getting their ice cream, and, and that, was my, that was my punishment. But look, we all share a similar story of, of how we lost our parents' trust, or maybe as a parent, how you lost, parent, how you lost trust with your kids, you know, whether it's my role as a dad and, uh, and whether I can trust my daughter not to flick yogurt all over me if I give her a plastic spoon in the morning for breakfast or, or whether, you know, it was you as a kid growing up when you were going through your, uh, your wild phase, you know, and, and you're sneaking in past midnight, you hit that one creaky board and it goes, you know, all the lights come on, parents come downstairs and you're busted. We all share similar stories of, uh, trust and losing trust. But what I want to look at this morning is can God trust us? Because last time, you know, I've, this is my second time being on here this, on the stage in a month, which is kind of interesting, kind of weird. But, uh, last time we talked about trusting in God. So I just kind of want to follow that up with can God trust up? Can God trust us? So here's point number one this morning. Here's the thing that I want us to all be able to take away from this morning. And it's this, we are tested with little so we can be trusted with much. We are tested with little so we can be trusted with much. I get this from Luke 16, verse 10. And it says this, if you are faithful in little things, 
you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So I just want to read it again. If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So he's testing us with the little things to see if we can be trusted with the greater things. So we're going to quickly look at a passage in John chapter 6. You guys have heard this story. You know the story. But I just want to look at something that might be kind of hidden within this story that we can take away from it this morning. Um, see, this question of trust and this question you know, of being tested from Jesus, this is exactly what Philip and the rest of the disciples are facing in John chapter 6. See, this huge crowd is assembling. They need to be fed. Huge crowd. In fact, there are probably about you know, 15,000 people gathering to eat. Um, you know, to hear Jesus, they need to be fed. It's dinner time. And, and Jesus is looking at the disciples and he's testing them to see if they can look past circumstances and into his will and his plan. So, and, and Jesus, I think he's directly testing the disciples to see if he can trust, see if he can trust them with, with a much greater thing, which is starting the church. So, uh, let's pick up in John chapter six, verse seven. And it says, Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed these people. We wouldn't have enough money to feed them. See, Philip, he says, the amount of money is too great. Like, we can't do this, Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. There's 15,000 people here. We can't, we can't feed these people. Um, the amount of money is too great. Or like the last, the last time, you know, I spoke, the, uh, the walls are too big. The people are, too big. They're too great. You know, they're going to devour us. We can't handle this. You know, I don't care if you promised us this land. We can't do that. Those people are too big. So the disciples are facing great circumstances. And in verse eight, it says, then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? So think about this, you know, 15,000, that's just an estimate. A lot of times you hear about 5,000, that's just men. So with, you know, women, you know, a child for each family, that's where I get that number. But they're looking at this and they're, they're just saying there's no way. And the reason why they're saying there's no way to feed these people is because they don't have the faith that Jesus requires to use them. They don't have the kind of faith that Jesus requires to make this event happen. And the disciples, you know, they're stuck in this mode of thinking about the realities of the situation. You know, they're, they're looking at each circumstance and they're saying there's no way we can do this. They just can't get over the amount of money it's going to take to feed these people. But guess who does have the faith that Jesus requires to make this happen? A kid. So, uh, verse eight and nine, you know, once again, then Andrew, Simon Peter's, Simon Peter's brother spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. So the kid, God uses a kid when these you know, disciples who've been following Jesus around, they should, you know, they've seen him do miracles. They've seen him do incredible things. And they're looking at the circumstances saying, I don't think we can do this. But then a kid steps up. He says, hey, I don't have much, but I'll give it to you. So this is the second point that I want you guys to leave with today. Jesus requires a certain kind of faith to use us. Jesus requires a certain kind of faith to use us. Um, Spoiler alert, it's childlike faith. 
It's a childlike faith. It's a complete trust in our Heavenly Father that us as his sons and daughters will trust our Father in every circumstance and that we will, in return, be trustworthy of God to be used. So Mandarin, I'm specifically talking to us today. You know, this is this is whoever didn't go on vacation week at Mandarin. So we're all here. But I've I've seen your God-sized dreams. I've heard you talk about, you know, the ambitions, aspirations that you believe God has put on your heart to reach this community, to make Jesus known in this community and in the world. And I'm telling you, we can't be a congregation. We can't be a people that are defined by circumstances. We can't, you know, look at the numbers and the, and, you know, all this little different things and, and say, oh, God can't do that because he can and he will. He's looking and he's testing us with little to see if he can trust us with greater things. So this, you know, let's look at the final verse in verse 11. You guys know how the story ends. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted. And they all ate as much as they wanted. See, Jesus knew what he was going to do the whole time. You know, he already, he already had this thing taken care of. He knew what he was going to do the whole time. He was just looking and testing this group and the little things to see if he could trust them with greater things. So some of us in this room, you know, you're ready for the next step. Whatever, whatever the next step that God has planned for your life, you're ready for that. You're ready for more. You're ready for, you know, greater, like you're ready, you're ready for the next thing in life. I think that God might just be testing you with where you're at and the little things to see if he can trust you with greater. So what are you doing to show God that he can trust you? You know, what are you doing with the little things to show that God can trust you with the greater things? And, and look, you may, you may think you have nothing to offer. You may think, you know, look, I don't even have much at all. I, I don't even expect God to use me. You know, maybe you only have like a few pieces of bread and a couple of fish, but God will use it. So God is testing us in the little things so that he can trust us with much. We are his sons and daughters. We are the sons and daughters of God. That, that's such a, a privilege and an incredible thought by itself. Let's act like it. We are not a people who are consumed with just the realities of the situation because the reality is, is that Jesus can't be crammed into the box of realities. He's, he's so much beyond that. The possibilities are endless with God. So this morning, I just want to finish up by this, um, by saying this. God created every single person for a relationship with him. That's why people exist, why God ever created people in the first place is because he wanted us to have a relationship with him and in that relationship for us to glorify and worship him. But, you know, sin, when sin came into the world, it, it created this barrier, you know, this between us and God, this, this problem that, you know, it messed up the original plan of a relationship with God. And God wasn't okay with that, so he sent a rescue plan. That rescue plan's name was Jesus. Because, see, the cost of sin is death, but the gift of God was Jesus and eternal life. So when God sent Jesus to take care of that sin problem, that now presents every person with a choice um, to either follow Jesus. And, and when we follow Jesus, if you make that choice to follow Jesus, then we experience what's called redemption. And 
In this context, redemption just means making us what we were meant to be all along, which was in relationship with God. So every person, you know, we all have that chance to become a son and daughter of God. He's called us to be that. He's just looking for people to step up with a childlike, a bold faith, um, and, to, and he's looking to test people in the little things so they can trust them with greater things. Um, if you would, bow your heads, close your eyes. You know, this morning, I don't know, uh, I don't know everyone's situation. I don't know, you know, how you even ended up in this room. But um, I do want to let you know that God desires a relationship with you. He wants, and he's called you to be his son and daughter. So I, I just, you know, with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, um, I don't normally do this, but, you know, this morning I just feel led to do this. I'm just going to just say a prayer. And uh, if, if that's you this morning, you want to become in relationship with God. You want to accept Jesus and what he did on the cross and how he beat sin. Then if you just would repeat this silently in your heart and just mean it with everything you are, the words aren't magical or anything like that. It's just that you mean it with everything that you are, and that you are ready to surrender your life to Jesus. So if, if you'd like to accept Jesus this morning, I just want you to repeat this silently in your heart. Dear God, thank you for making me and loving me. Even when I've ignored you and gone my own way, I realize I need you in my life. And I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice for me. Please help me to understand it more. But as much as I know how, I want to follow you from now on. Come into my life and make me a new person inside. I accept your gift of salvation. Help me to grow now as a follower of you. So with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, I just want to ask, you know, if you prayed that prayer this morning and and you meant it, and you want to begin a relationship with God, I just want you to make eye contact with me right now. Awesome. Anyone else? So we're going to sing a song in a minute, just with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. But immediately after service, I want to meet with you and pray with you in the missions room, which is directly out these doors to your left. God, I thank you so much um, just for what you're doing at this church, what you're doing in this location. God, I thank you for Jesus and what he did on the cross. I thank you that you've created us for relationship. I thank you that you test us with the little things so that you can give us more. God, may we never take for granted the cross and the gift of Jesus. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.